Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. podcast. You took my podcast. You stole my audio network.com. Audio jungle. Audio preview. Jungle. Preview. This is uh, welcome to the Getty Sounds podcast. Mm. Every three seconds, it's going to say Getty. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So, uh, welcome back to this video game podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Peter. Uh, this is a video game podcast where we talk about video game, video game things, mm. uh, like Vidi Kong Racing. Oh, God. Love that. Love that video game. I know you do. Yeah. It's been Gamescom, Peter. It has. Gamescom rolls around once a year. It's in Germany. Mm-hmm. It's a big European gaming convention. We've been once before, a couple of years ago. Yeah. It is horrifying in that... I really enjoyed going, yeah. but there's just the most amount of people I've ever seen. No, that's true. And there's a, so much footprint to it as well. Like you, mm. th- There's the whole show floor set up for all of the people, but yeah. then actually behind a, a super secret special door mm-hmm. that you can only get through with magical press passes, there's kind of a carbon copy. It doesn't look the same. It's not presented with all the lasers and stuff. No. But in terms of size, there's all these stands that are also set up for the press. Yeah. So it's about twice as big as you think it is if you're a regular goer. This is a weird uh, a weird example to give because there's very few people who are going to understand what I'm saying. But you know the special edition Skittles they've done recently? Right. And I saw them last night, which is why I know them. The white packet. The white one. packet with yeah. no colours on it. Mm. That's what... Um, that's what the press area of Gamescom is to regular Gamescom. Yeah. It's just completely white in there and they've just got the company names above their booths and you just have to, it's by appointment only. But that's the outer walls of the booth. But sometimes you go in, we, when we went in, 2K had a had a nice thing going on inside. They did actually, you're yeah. right, they did. So um, sometimes inside those booths, it's, it's all nice again. It's like a set. But yeah, when you're walking around, it is like, I don't know, it's like one of those um, uh, offices where you have a little square you know, one of those like call center square offices. Yeah, just really sad looking. Yeah, but that's that's just how how girthy Gamescom mm. is that they have a replica Gamescom for press, so they can actually get around and see games. Now, Gamescom used to have press conferences many years ago. Yeah, as did uh, Tokyo Game Show, and they still kind of do. Right. Um, but those have and, and then there was Paris Games Week and all sorts of other ones, and they've sort of drifted by the wayside over the years. And E3 has just continued to. E3. Mm. But this year it was kind of exciting because Gamescom had Gamescom opening night live. Yeah. Uh, which is 
kind of like a press conference. Well, it kind of was hosted by Jeff Keighley and and put together by his uh, his team that and he, you know they do the game awards and things like that and they often have world premiere mm. trailers and announcements and things like that. And so it was we stayed up, we streamed our reactions to it, we watched along because it was like, well, what's going to be shown off? We know Death Stranding is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into that a little bit as we work through. This is sort of a Gamescom special episode. It is. Lots of questions relating to it. Tons. Tons of questions. Tons of them. It's worth pointing out as well that it's Thursday morning as we record this. Not every announcement from Gamescom or game that's been showed off has been shown off at this time. Yeah. By the time the podcast released, we'll probably get into it next week. We do know that Insomniac has been purchased by PlayStation. Yes. And it's now one of their first party studios, which mm-hmm. is fantastic news. Congratulations to everyone at Insomniac, particularly the people at the top who've probably made quite a lot of money off that purchase. Um, But before we go any further, Peter, Mm -hmm. it's time to talk up today's sponsor. Absolutely. Talk them up right now, Ben. Who is it? This sponsor, the sponsor of this podcast this week is uh, Jeff Keighley. Okay. And he's just got a message that he would like me to read. I can guess what it is, but I'll let you go ahead with it. Hello, Hideo Kojima. Yeah. It's me, Jeff Keighley. Mm. I'm your best friend and you're my best friend. It's Mr. Kojima. Sorry, Mr. Kojima. Yeah. It's me, Jeff. As you call your best friend, Mr. Surname. It's, it's me, Jeff. Mm. I, I really enjoyed seeing you in Germany the other day. Please answer my texts. I miss you very much. And I would love it if we could take more photos together for the, for the scrapbooks that I'm making. Yeah. Also, if you could send me a used hairbrush, I can finish construction on my Mr. Kojima doll. Mm. I look forward to hearing back from you. Love, Jeff. It's a tragic tale of forbidden love. Yeah, it? longing. Longing in, in Cologne. I suppose Kojima isn't his surname, is it? Because they do it the other way around. Kojima-san. Kojima-san, yeah. Mm. yeah Mr. So he's called Mr... It's like me calling you Mr. Ben. You can do. Oh, well, I, I won't. Getty. Wasn't there, wasn't there something that... What was Mr. Ben? I feel like Mr... Yeah, so is that a children's a TV, TV show of some show kind? from our, the tail end of our parents' era. I think even it's too late for them and too early for us. Oh, so. I watched Mr. Ben. I, re- I remember well, Mr. Ben. Ran it, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's original run. Well, anyway, that's me now. Right. And thank you very much to Jeff for, for sending that in. We'll get into Jeff's uh, uh, bromance with uh, Kojima-san, Kojima-san a bit later on. But that's a lie! We will get into it. But that sponsorship is a lie! Yeah. It's not real! It's a, it's a complete fictitious scenario that we've invented for you. It's you, believable. You fools. It is, fictitious. It's totally believable. We don't know Jeff, uh, but Jeff clearly feels like he knows Mr. Kojima extremely well. Mm. We'd like to thank our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team, team triple, triple jump. jump. Who, real they pay us money every month to keep doing what we do and we source questions directly from them, Peter. Let's get some questions directly from them, Peter. Let's go Getty. Got one right here. Well, I've got two right here, actually. One's from Ginny, just Ginny, and one's from Lloyd Narger. Lloyd. And uh, Ginny says, could Gamescom overtake E3 as the The place to announce games? After the ESA leak two years in a row and Gamescom Gamescom getting Jeff to host opening night, it seems like games journalists might start looking towards Cologne for the future announcements. Mm. And Lloyd says, did you feel the uh, more streamlined and content heavy style of presentation at Gamescom was preferable to that of E3? I'm a huge fan of the understated crowd ever since Bethesda's whooping fiasco. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. So we should probably clarify this Gamescom opening night live thing. It wasn't like a conventional press conference. It was structured, Mm. but after pretty much every either announcement or trailer, 
Jeff got a relevant person up on stage to have a chat with them briefly, which was a really, I really liked that. I yeah. thought that was a nice touch. Admittedly, there weren't too many games that were for you or I no. at that show, but I thought that was a that was a nice change uh, to the formula. Yeah, I don't know how much Jeff sort of really broke it down in his head and thought, how can I do this better? Well, he'll want to do it as best he can, but I don't know if he looked at E3 and thought, what's the best format for conferences at E3? Mm. Because... To me, the best part, the, the best way to do E3 conferences, which they sometimes do and sometimes don't, is to show a trailer, bring one or two people out on stage to have yep. a quick chat, and then go and move on to the next thing straight away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you say, that's not always how it goes. It's not always that streamlined. No. So I don't know if Jeff thought people like that, let's just do loads of that, or if he just came up with it on the fly for whatever reason. But in any case, yeah, I think... Uh, as you say, there weren't as many games for us uh, at Gamescom, but you know it, it was all announced at E3 anyway, all, all the all the big stuff. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, if E3 was on its way out, it's funny, isn't it? Because after E3, before Gamescom had even happened, we were there were a lot of discussions going around, yeah. both sort of on trip or jumping elsewhere, saying, "Is E3 dead?" Would please watch video? our video. Please yeah, watch exactly. our video. Watch please watch, right watch, watch our video. So you know, not only have you had that, "Is E3 dead?" We're now saying, "Is Gamescom?" getting better it's and on the right life. yeah so you put those two together and you think if e3 you know winds down slightly and some of the more bigger big announcements aren't sort of blown at e3 mm-hmm. then uh, gamescom could really be a significant interesting thing i think. could it's a time of great change thought, peter yes. because we're so up at games starting to rival sturm yes. and we're seeing gamescom taking a swing at the king, the king. that being e3 there's a few things to factor in here, I feel. Right. I think, on the one hand, E3 is run by the ESA, mm-hmm. which are the lobbying group for video games sure. in the United States. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're massive. Yeah. And they the ESA is comprised of PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a slice of the pie. E3 will continue to be massive. Yeah. But I feel like the difference between E3 and... Gamescom, I can't, I don't know the, admittedly, I don't know the historical origins of Gamescom, but E3, it feels like, started as a, uh, as a business event, which evolved into a consumer show. Yeah, and Gamescom is a consumer show, which it, which sort of did and then didn't, and now is again evolving into more of a business showcase. Right. Uh, so the ESA run E3. Uh, has always allowed publishers and developers to show their stuff. Mm. So they have the established, they're, they're, they're sort of entrenched, if it's you will. It's always been their kind of format. Exactly. Yeah. And Gamescom now sort of getting back into that, it'll be an uphill battle. But as long as they take this alternative route, perhaps a little bit more understated, mm. uh, run by a guy and his team, rather than a huge, you know, multi, presumably multi-billion dollar corporation mm. or company or entity or what have you, I think it will it will have its place. I don't know if it will rival, but on the other hand, Peter, yeah. don't know if you heard about this. We didn't talk about this last week or right. the week before. Oh. Um, there was that massive leak from the from E3, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about games being leaked, as Ginny said, which has been a problem with E3 for the past couple yeah, of well, years. It has been, actually, but there yeah. was a huge leak of confidential information of a load of journalists who attended E3. Yeah, that is 
massive. Mm-hmm. That is huge. This the day amount and age as well. Well, the amount exactly the amount of money that they could end up paying out mm. could potentially absolutely ruin the ESA. It could ruin it. And what does that mean for E three? Who's to say? Yeah. That is one way that I could see uh, that I could see you know Gamescom perhaps getting the upper hand here. But I don't really feel like you need to compete. There's there's been tons of talk for years and years and years about other companies or other events getting it. EGX is often spoken about having some kind of press conference aspect. Never happened mm. because they just know that if they do it, they're going to have to do it. They can't do it the same way that E3 does it because you're just yeah. going to get compared and people are going to be like, oh, rubbish, wasn't it? Well, that's the thing, you know. This, you know, E3, E3 wasn't so long ago, and as I say, there were not so many games for us at uh, Gamescom because those loads had already been blown, as it were, E3. So, you know, you're sort of dealing with some dregs as well in in that regard. But, you know, maybe if there was a conference six months, you know, on the other other side of the year, so I don't know when that would be. I'm not going to do those maths. maths Tokyo Game Show's at the end of the year. January, February, maybe sort of time. If there was, you know, maybe that's a better time because... You know, a lot can happen in six months. Mm. You know, things can be ready to announce. There's a lot um, coming out in early next year as well. Yeah, well, yeah. And I'm not suggesting Gamescom go, oh, well, we want to really have a piece of this pie. Let's move it <laughs> to February. Everybody come to winter Germany. Yeah, no, I'm not suggesting that. But I'm just saying, you know, it, that's that's one reason why Gamescom, I don't think, will ever outdo E3 mm-hmm. uh, because it takes place just after it. And at the moment, E3 is still the big boy. And therefore, people are going to show their games at E3. And yeah. therefore, there's not going to be much new stuff to show at Gamescom. So. It would be a risk for anyone to go anywhere other than E3, yeah. because even though it's the most competitive market. I feel that the only thing that could really, <clears throat> excuse me, the only thing that could really take E3 down, so to speak, mm. would be uh, themselves with yeah. this data breach, or um, I've got it written here as we as we put in our amazing video that you should definitely go and watch yeah. a, a direct. With yeah. the whole angle that we were taking with is E3 dying is, well, th- there's a rise of direct streams that mm. are around the same time and fewer and fewer companies are actually coming to the event physically. The way that Gamescom has done it, Gamescom Opening Night Live, similar to the Game Awards in that it's not PlayStation's Gamescom stream. Yeah. It's just a compilation of loads of different announcements from loads of different places. Mm. That works. Yeah. But... The issue with Direct is that it could still really hurt E3. I feel like Gamescom, if they continue this trend, are kind of bulletproof in that regard. Mm. But E3 are still vulnerable to loads more developers and publishers thinking, this costs too much money. Why are we going all the way there when we could stay home and shoot a video and post that online? It's a lot of pressure, really, you know, because... E3 and, well, other events like it, but certainly E3 is quite infamous for cringy moments or mm-hmm. technical issues. Again, watch our video on the cringy you moments. watch our videos, yes, please. Uh, and the, the benefit of doing a... I mean, you know, if you do a, a live stream direct, you know, much like Gearbox did, and that, that didn't go so well. Uh, it wasn't a direct, but, you know, uh, a, a dedicated live stream. Yeah. That can go wrong. But if you do a Nintendo-style one, where everything is just all put together in a nice little package Mm. and checked thoroughly and then it can just go out exactly how they want it. You can avoid all that sort of stuff. And like you say, it's expensive to go to E3. It's Mm -hmm. expensive to go to a stage, show all of your stuff at the same time and then potentially have someone's trousers fall down in front of millions of people. So Absolutely. Yeah, directs Mm -hmm. might be the way to go, especially, you know, Nintendo-style ones that are all 
pre-rendered and dusted and, and just polished. Delightful with a bow on mm. and, and so forth. So, no, I don't think we think that Gamescom is going to step to E3 anytime soon. E3 is its own worst enemy, it yeah. seems. Um, and as long as Gamescom stays in its own channel, doing its own thing, thriving, flourishing, yes. moisturized in my lane, flourishing. Thurishing. That's a new word that Gamescom has come up with it's because thurishing. they're thourishing so much. It's you can a- Google that. Yes. It's a special it's got word. Thurish. <laughs> There's a cream, I There's think. There's a yeast. Yeah. Getty. Hmm. Peter, what are what are we uh what uh, what um what are, what are we playing? Playing? Play what what are we playing? Yeah. Scarlet Fire. What are we playing? Peter Getty. Uh I've been playing a fair a fair bit this week. Have you? Not like me really. That's weird. Yeah. You sure this isn't the weird bit? Uh, but I don't know. It's a bit of both. <laughs> it's a little teaser for weird news. Go on. Weird news. I've been playing my PlayStation this week. <gasps> uh, so I actually recently uh, took a load of biscuits to CEX. Have you heard that term before? Biscuits. It's just trade-ins. No. People call them biscuits. That's sometimes. weird. Yeah, I right. haven't heard that. All right. That's fun. Uh, and uh, one of them was a, quite a nice special edition of dirt that I just didn't want anymore. That was a, a biscuit you found on the floor. Yeah, a little dirty biscuit. Ooh, it was a disgusting. Two-box two, two thing. Dirt. In a, in a pack <laughs> that someone gave to me. Um, I got Gross. a tenner for that. Did you? Yeah, from CEX for that. Wow. Yeah. What did you buy with your new riches? I actually bought a game that I've already played. Oh, good. I borrowed yeah. at the time and want an actual copy for myself. Oh, I know this one, I yeah. think. What do you think it is? Is it the uh, the well-known Cologne, the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection? It is. Uncharted. Mm. Speaking Drake of Cologne, collection. God, it's all coming together, isn't it? It is. Oh, my God. That's what games commerce. So I've played a little bit of a, the first Uncharted this week. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of, I've only played it through once. I've like all the all the four games I played through back to back in across a, about a month and a half when I first got my PlayStation. So reliving some of that, having a great time. Amazing. Uh, my save file is still on my PlayStation apparently, so I've got a load of costumes, but I'm not wearing any of them. So uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, you, can't also, wear the, you can't wear the donut one, it's illegal. I know. I've got that one as well. I didn't realize I had it. I think but. you just get it for finishing the game. Yeah, it's I the think best it's, skin as it well. It is. It's great. Um, but also, uh, my fiance's younger brother and sister came up this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we, we knew ahead of time that there was going to be a period of time where we were all just going to be sitting in the flat together with nothing to do because their parents were here as well but they had like they had to go somewhere that's why they all came up to Newcastle right and so we were thinking how are we going to entertain these children how are we going to do that how are we going to do this put on some Robbie Williams so well we did let put me play a video game yeah Getty uh, we played some CTR and mm. they actually really enjoyed that uh, but what we what we thought was a great... It was a godsend. Mm-hmm. We played That's You on PlayLink. <gasps> we love PlayLink. We do love PlayLink. And That's You, for those of you who don't know... Well, PlayLink, for those of you who don't know, is where you can use your phone uh, as a controller. So that's good. It means if you don't have a load of controllers, which I don't, I've only got two, you can still have four players or more. Uh, but uh, That's You um, is basically a... Do we all? How well do we all know each other? Let's be slightly funny and say, "Oh, you're the most likely to mm. um to, for your pants to fall down at E3 oh, on stage." Oh no! And there's some interesting mechanics where you use like your phone camera to take a selfie, and then like people have to draw on it and turn you into you know a, a monster or a a witch, a witch or whatever like that. So it's all very fun. It's very family friendly and accessible. You know, if if. Uh, 
the the parents had been there as well. I totally would have still suggested we play it. You know, mm-hmm. it's fun for all the family. For double go. So I suggest if you don't have it and you need something like that, you should get hold of it. I've not played it for about I don't know a year or more, but yeah. uh, it was great. It's been a long time. It's also voiced by Fry from Futurama. It is Billy yeah. Billy West. Billy, Billy West. Billy Billy West. Billy yeah? Bill. There certainly is a Billy West. I don't know if that's him. I think it is. Billy West. Just having a look. William Richard West, oh, Worstein, known professionally as Billy West, that's is him. an American voice actor, comedian, singer, music. Oh, God, he's got a lot of stuff. I recognize his photo. Yeah, that's that him. him. That's him. Billy, Billy West. West. Yeah. Billy West. Well, that's great. Yeah. What a great time. Wonderful. Uh, ben. Yeah. Scarlet Fire. Fire. Getty. What Getty. Are you um, I have, I got, um, I got, I got a platinum trophy over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really want to talk about it, though. Why? Because um, it was in. <clears throat> it was in. Um, Something beginning with. Um, it was in. Um, uh, it was in Leisure Suit Larry. Wet dreams don't dry, Peter. Oh no! Um, I followed a guide, and I thought this won't take long. It took four hours, and I was very sad and uncomfortable the whole time. Was it? Did it get better? No. Was it as bad as we thought it was? It's just. We... It's just a really crap point-and-click adventure. Yeah. I don't understand why it got reviews above six to be honest yeah it, it boggles my mind and maybe it's just that i don't like point and click adventures but it's just crap i skipped I all like the dialogue graphic i just don't like pornography but i just don't like pornography i think mm. it's disgusting and an affront to jesus it is. um so i did that and i'm ashamed and i don't want to talk about it anymore i've got uh, i'm two platinum trophies away from 150 oh uh, nice nearly there so I'm, i need to think up a big one for 150 yeah a big boy uh, the other thing that I've been playing, you know how we d- we talked the other day about Bloodborne or Dark Souls and how much the experience is improved for first improved, sorry, for first time players if they're going through with someone who's really experienced with the game, mm-hmm. because that person can guide them and sort of be a chaperone. Yes. Last night I did that with modern day Minecraft. Oh yeah. Updated current Minecraft, which obviously you're familiar with because mm. you've been playing it too. Yeah, well, I'm not that that's the problem. I'm not familiar with it. I've been playing it, but I'm not familiar with it. Well, I have my my little brother's come up to stay for the week. My little brother. My, my little, little brother. brother. Yeah. What do sticky pistons do? He set some things in the floor that open the front doors automatically. Nice. And it's amazing. Yeah. I don't understand how any of it works. I mean, sticky pistons have been in there since. Not for this guy. Oh. You want a big stone block with windows called yeah. a house? I can do that for you. Oops, I'm out of stone. Don't, we'll just do that dirt. corner with dirt. We'll just do dirt. That's okay. A front door, I think you mean dirt. Yeah. Windows, uh, <laughs> dirt. Dirt. A bed, I think you mean dirt, my friend. Mm. Mm. Anybody want some beef? Uh, dirt. Yum, yum. I can make a cow out of dirt. Yes. Uh, so I haven't played Minecraft for quite a while, as we've discussed before on the podcast. Mm. And... Um, it's it's an absolute revelation. He's yeah. he's up for the week and he's a big um he's really got back into Minecraft. I think he's just finished his A levels. Mm. So he's had the past two months to play Minecraft oh. all day. Love and that. obviously Minecraft is right back up there again in popularity. Mm. And we went on a on a boat adventure. It, I'm getting choked up thinking uh. about it because it was so it's so lovely. It's beautiful. Uh we went on a boat adventure. Mm. You know, there are shipwrecks now. Randomly generated oh, shipwrecks. Yeah, I've heard that. And depending on the size, they have up to three chests in them, and sometimes they have a treasure map, and the treasure map will have an X on it, and you have to go and find it, and then dig in that area until you find another chest with more treasure. Oh in it. my god! And sometimes you'll find ruins underwater, 
and they're, they're Atlantean ruins. Oh I only gosh. know that because I got a trophy for it. Jesus. It's amazing. Like, it's, I'm learning so much. There are llamas and stuff. Got, got a nice little garden with llamas in it. They're adding, uh, they're doing Amazing. a big visual overhaul coming soon. Oh my God. I think, with, I think with ray tracing in it. Oh, Jesus. Which means. Those blocks will never look so good. You know, they can trace around. You can just put ray. a piece of, uh, it used to be illegal, but now. You can put a Mary can, Sue Jedi in, in the game. Well, that's, you can do that. That was never there. illegal. It was just controversial mm. for idiots yeah um it used to be illegal but now you can put a piece of paper over the screen and trace over it no uh, now you can that's what they're bringing in the new update they're removing that law so if you want to trace over rays or other things on your screen manta rays sting rays uh uh uh, 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 uh ray 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 romano yeah that's that's it those are the rays and that's all uh that's what i've been playing though great keeping it a little bit limited should we move on to another question? Why not? Do you want to read it? Um, I do. We got a lot of uh, Gamescom questions because we did ask for them, and some of them were in a similar vein. Mm. So we've got another couple here. This one's from Xavier Ramirez. Zav Zav Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah. Jeff Keighley. Jeff Ke- I can't even speak. Jeff, Cle- Jeff clearly. Keighley has a huge... <laughs> for God's sake. Read that first bit for me, Peter. Jeff Keighley clearly has a huge man crush for Hideo Kojima. Who is your video game related man crush, whether a video game character or developer? And Josh Giles equally reacts. Your reaction to the. I, I just read ahead and reacts. saw reacts and then read it again. Your reaction to the insane, unadulterated love fest surrounding Kojima on stage at Gamescom was perfect. Is there anyone in the games industry you have that much adoration for? If not, is there anyone you have an incredible amount of respect for and would try any game they were a part of? Even even if it's pissing simulator 2020. Mm. You got you got a favorite boy or girl? Well, it's man crush was the first question. Or girl. Or girl. Crush. It's 2019. Uh if I had to have a, a a bit of a man crush on a video game character or developer, mm. it would probably be Leon Kennedy. Oh, okay. He's a sexy man. Oh, see, I didn't even I I skipped right over it and thought, "Oh, yes, the creatives give me that big brain." Well, I didn't even think about characters. No, I mean, I was trying to think of the most attractive creative, um, and I uh, couldn't. I couldn't think of one. I went down the couldn't secondary. Think of one single. One single. <laughs> there's no sexy creative. Creatives, pack it in. Yeah, you're not sexy, mm. Peter Austin, 29 Getty. Um, I went down the second route that Josh suggested, as in as someone you have an incredible amount of respect. No, for, sure, I'm going to try an any game. There. As what have well. you got for me? Um, I mean, I don't think there is a person who I have that high an opinion of that I would just play whatever they make. Right. Um, but I, I totally understand this. See, I nearly did a bit of an angry t- tweet at about one in the morning after okay. Gamescom when I got when I got in. Yeah. Uh, I, I nearly said like, oh. Why is everyone... People are only interested in this game because Kojima's in it. <laughs> uh, you would have his. woken up to death threats. Well, I, I I wouldn't have minded people being mad at me for not liking the game. Mm. But what I would have minded and what, what I would have agreed with would be if people had said to me, but surely there are people who you think, well, I don't care what they do. I just want to play it. And I think right. they probably... You know, I can see the argument. I can't think of anyone who who I do feel that way about, but certainly I can understand that one might feel that way right. about something. Um, so I guess the closest I ever came to it was once upon a time, Peter Molyneux. I think okay, whatever he would have was doing, I would have been interested. Right. Then he did Curiosity and Goddess, and uh, Peter Molyneux just kept being Peter Molyneux. Yeah, and that was kind of. And it then I realised, oh wait, this guy's Peter Molyneux. 
Oh, never mind. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it, that Peter Molyneux is Peter Molyneux? Yeah. If he could be anyone else, even Peter Molyneux, but just 10 years ago, 20 right. years yeah, ago. Yeah, 10 maybe. years ago. Yeah. Great. What about Michelle Ancel? Well, no, see, I could have, I could have said Michelle Ancel, mm. but really, it's that I obviously want to be on Good and Evil sequel. Yeah. I like the first game. I'm also very interested in Wild, which he's been making for ages, with I think they're called Black Sheep or okay. something sheep. Um, it's it's just kind of you're living out and you can possess animals. You're living out in the wild. You're like a caveman y kind of thing. That sounds fun. Yeah, it looks fun, but they've been making it for ages and it might never happen. But I'm not that into Rayman. I don't like rabbits, so mm. I can't argue that I would play anything that Michelle Ancel makes. Right. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I thought about saying him, but I was like, well, no, that's not. No, because he's just made some crap, hasn't he? Yeah. What an idiot. What about you? Um, I've got three written down. Yeah. All. Highly attractive, sexy man, obviously. Right. Uh, David Cage is probably the only one on here out of the three that I've got written down just off the top of my head that I feel sort of it's, it's like a law of physics and, and as yet unwritten law of physics that I feel compelled to play anything that this this weird man makes the David or is Cage behind. Is a bit much for me. The David so. Cage is a bit much for me in every game he makes. Yeah. Heavy Rain, loved it. Fahrenheit, weird. Mm. Kind of liked it. Really good to begin with, then super weird and obtuse. Yeah. Beyond Two Souls, one of the most beautiful games I've ever ever seen, uh, but also weird and uh, and and wasn't that great. Detroit Become Human, really good. It looks really good. Re- really liked it. We're streaming it. Well, yeah. With the first episode's live now. If you want to see it, our, our, our live stream. We're playing as as a psychopath. Mm. Uh, second one, Corey Corey Barlog. Uh, the the director behind the new God of War, the Balrog. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the documentary behind it. He seems like a very clever clever man. Uh, I'm interested in what he has to do and what he has to say. Finally, Neil Druckmann okay. behind The Last of Us. Uh, well, it was split. The Last of Us. He sort of co co worked on that, but he was behind Uncharted Four. He's been at North Dog forever, and he's directing uh, The Last of Us Two. Mm-hmm. Good guy. Good at what he does. Like the style of his games. I'll, I'll follow your career, my dude. Mm. From someone who's significantly younger than you, you got Moxie, kid. You go in places. Getty. Yeah, yes. Go and Getty. Don't don't let your dreams be dreams. Just Getty. Yesterday you said tomorrow. Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig's also really good. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she's she's either taking a break or she's working with a smaller independent studio now yeah. after just going through the ringer, it sounds yeah, like. No, it just sounds getting horrible. kicked about by the industry, which sucks. Let's take one of the most talented writers and just... Just, just treat her like crap. Just, just, just. Let's just. just. Let's just. Let's just. Mm. That's the new Nike slogan. Yeah. Just, just, just. Thank you very much for that question. It's time, Peter, for something very strange. It's coming over the hill. Is it a weird news? It's, uh, it's actually a monster. But look at that under his arm or her arm. Some weird news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Weird news time! We were spoiled for choice this week, Bed. Peter... Austin. Would you like to hear my reject like headlines? Here's some reject didn't headlines. Make it yes, because please. It was weirder news. I also have a reject headline I'll throw in as well. Okay. Uh, Pokemon trophy breaks the moment the winner touches it. Oh, no. A little boy of about nine years old comes oh. out. He gets handed this Pikachu that's holding a silver cup. He doesn't even, he doesn't do anything. They hand it to him and the cup falls off the top. There is a video online. Go and look at it. Oh, God. Mortal Kombat 11 is letting a DJ voice Sub-Zero and bless him, he's trying, according to Kotaku. Oh. Uh, He's really bad at voice acting. I've not actually read it, so I don't know why he's been allowed to voice Sub-Zero. Right. But he says weird things in an unconvincing way. One of them, he does a fatality and he goes, ability to freeze. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Why? How did this happen? Also, one other update. This is a headline on Kotaku. It's really long. A week after Borderlands publisher Take-Two sent investigators to the house of well-known Borderlands YouTuber Matt Submato Summers because he published leaks from Borderlands 3, Summers' channel has been removed from YouTube. Oh, God. It doesn't say why. Basically, you click on the article and it just rewords that entire headline in prose underneath. Has he... Has he taken it? We don't know anything. Don't, don't, he might, he, he might have just taken it down because he's spooked know. after having G-men sent to his house. Yeah, but weirder oh. yet. Is this your full news? This is my actual news. Can I throw in my my oh, also rejected do. headline? Just one. It might be mine. Apex Led. It's not. Apex Legends producer calls players ass hats and dicks in heated Reddit thread. Oh, dear. <laughs> Basically, everyone was calling them out on some new event, which... Uh, uh, Respawn have admitted was perhaps a bit heavy-handed and weirdly put together and he just went right in there and was just like remember when we could like just p- produce games and people were appreciative and they weren't ass hats and someone's someone was someone was a dick back to him and said oh found one of those dicks I was talking about <laughs> and he just continued and continued and basically alienated it's really ugly that the, reminds me it's not good this is a bit of a tangent. Me and Amy sometimes watch true crime uh, videos in the evening. Was he on it? Where it's just this girl who monologues. She tells you about like a crime that happened. Okay. She's normally very professional. Uh, but uh, we were watching one last night and she said, oh yeah, well, this guy was like carrying a note that said like, oh, what I intend to do this evening to like admonish him of any like guilt of what he'd done. And mm-hmm. she went, but well, to be honest, he could just be covering his own ass." It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, that came out of nowhere. Why, me? why, why would you be so blunt? You're normally very... <laughs> anyway, that's completely unrelated. Man caught playing Pokemon Go on eight phones in his car. What? As in driving. What? There is a photo. Okay. Before I even... Oh, my God. Yeah. 
that's what, he's sort of set them in foam yeah, so they can easily be held. He's got a piece of foam and he's cut holes in it that are the size of phones so that he can stick them all into this oh my God. fabtraption that he's made. <laughs> there will be a link uh, under the video if you want to go and look at this article. It's according to Kotaku.com. You know how there's a warning on Pokemon Go not to play the game while driving? This guy never got the memo, and when he is eventually sent it, needs it sent another seven times, just to be sure. <laughs> As the Seattle Times reports, Washington state troopers noticed a car stopped on the shoulder of a busy highway on Tuesday night and pulled over to see if the driver needed assistance. Instead, they found him sitting in the driver's seat, holding a foam block, inside which was resting, was resting space for eight phones, each of them logged into Pokemon Go. Oh, for God's sake. There was then an embedded treat, a tweet from Trooper Rick Johnson, who says, hashtag Pokemon distraction. Oh, nice use of social media there, Rick. Sergeant Kyle Smith contacted a vehicle on the shoulder yesterday evening. This is what was next to the driver, exclamation mark. Playing hashtag Pokemon Go with eight, it says in letters, and then in brackets, the digit eight. Okay. Close bracket. Just in case you're confused. Eight phones. Driver agreed to put phones in back seat and continued his commute with eight less distractions. Wow. I think he means fewer. Yeah, eight fewer. God. Uh, he wasn't given a ticket since the cops technically never saw him driving while playing, even though he had to have been uh, he had to have been to have known when to pull over because that's right, how the yeah, game no, works. That's true, yeah. Uh, but he was given a warning for pulling onto a shoulder when it wasn't an emergency and told to put the phones in the back seat so that they weren't distracted. This is your first warning. I believe that in the UK, if you are sitting in the driver's seat of a car. On the road, particularly if you're in the sort of pulled up on the on on the curb or whatever, mm. uh, I think if there is a phone in your hand switched on and you're using it, you can actually get like done for using a phone while in control of a vehicle. Oh, even um, if they don't see you moving, because I've done that a lot. Yeah, so I didn't realize. I mean, because you you know if you're watching sat if you're using sat nav, right? If you're pulled over or you're yeah, you're just you've pulled over to answer a phone call. Surely yeah. that's okay. Well, I don't know. That's what I've. I think, or it might be like maybe if your station is on or some lights. Maybe stationary lights. Stationary or... lights. Yeah, you would sure, get in trouble for that. But I think maybe it's if you're pulled over, but the oh, keys God. are in or something. And then you get eight times the fine. Oh my God! Imagine it, it's a multiplier. Now I've seen people like particularly uh, in Asia, unspecified country, not right. sure where. People, there was a an old man on a bicycle with like loads of like just tons of phones, just all over, all playing Pokemon Go. God, but not while driving. No, while and cycling. not in the West. While cycling, it's arguably more dangerous. Yeah, can't balance. But you need you need the right model of phone over and over again. Yeah, you Otherwise, need to make you'll sure you'll tip over. You put the right phones. Blimey, that was weird. It was pretty weird. That was super weird. Is there anything else weird going on? There really is. It's actually Gamescom related, oh, which okay. is which is rather appropriate. Mm. As soon as my phone recognizes my thumbprint, here we go. PC gamer, now mm-hmm. we're going to uh, we're going to piss piss gamer. That's disrespectful. Sorry, PC gamer. I think you're a wonderful website. Right. Gamescom's opening show was briefly blocked by YouTube for Ubisoft copyright infringement. Oh my god. Ubisoft participated in the event and apparently forgot to clear it on YouTube. In accordance with the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, YouTube has to provide a way for copyright holders to report videos that infringe on their copyrights. The system is predictably imperfect and false positives or unscrupulous uses of it have caused video creators headaches for years now. Including us. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Mm. 
Event creator and host Jeff Keighley probably had a pretty big headache today following his pre-Gamescom show where we saw more Death Stranding footage and the announcement of Kerbal Space Program 2. His channel's video of the event was taken down on YouTube. This video contains co content from Ubisoft, who has blocked it on copyright grounds, it read. Unbelievable. Ubisoft uh, participated in Opening Night Live, where it showed off Anno 1800 DLC. It then promptly blocked the footage to make sure no one could see its Anno 1800 DLC. Yeah. It was obviously an accident, but it's pretty funny to see a publisher slap itself in the face with a DMCA takedown on an event it participated in. Mm. Over on Twitch, the Kerbal Space Program 2 announcement trailer is muted in the VOD due to a different automated copyright strike. Oh, God. The copyright Robocops have no mercy today. It didn't take long for the issue with YouTube to be fixed. You can watch the revived video below. Oh, dear. So, let's talk about this BS. Yes. If you're uploading a film to YouTube, nuh-uh. If you're uploading a TV show to YouTube, nuh-uh. Stop it. If you use someone else's music without permission... Nuh-uh. Mm -hmm. If you use trailer footage, uh, 30 seconds of it, in a 32-minute video where you talk about loads of other things... Without sound. Apparently, nuh-uh. Apparently. So we got hit with this. Um, we stayed very late to put together our uh, uh, sort of a wrap-up of what happened at Gamescom Opening Night Live. If you missed it and you want a wrap-up and a discussion of the things that were discussed, please go and watch that video. Just know... Uh, well, I did, yeah, working on it and making sure that it actually went out. Mm. Um we we worked very hard on it. Yeah. And if you watch it, we won't make any money from it. No. Because Bandai Namco claimed it because of a small piece of footage from the announcement trailer for Little Nightmares 2, a game that you're a huge fan of mm. and that we're a fan of generally on the channel and, yeah. and we want to talk about it, talk it up. It's not a huge game. We had footage in there from FIFA. We had footage in there from Call of Duty. We had footage in there from Kerbal Space Program mm -hmm. and all sorts of... The, we didn't cover anno 1800 no, perhaps for the best yeah uh and it was little nightmares a game that we did not have to cover we were essentially doing them a favor well exactly and as you clarified because i had a moan on twitter and I, I didn't want it to be taken the wrong way but and you thankfully clarified for people who were a bit confused in that it wasn't bandai namco manually going and looking and saying no that's no take that down it's an automated thing but they've clearly uploaded the, the trailer for Little Nightmares 2 to this content matching system that, mm. you, that YouTube have that then took it down for us. Yeah. So, yeah, you did a tweet about it and I thought it was pretty clear, but then I saw at least, uh, there was one reply underneath where someone had added Bandai Namco UK. Right. And I think they'd just used a swear or something and called them, you know, called them a bad word. And I thought, well, you know, they didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, well, they didn't do it on purpose in the, yeah, they didn't manually, like, mark our video. Uh, but it, it was auto flagged just because it had the, vid, the the trailer footage in there. But yeah. as you say, what what Monday Namco did do on purpose was upload their trailer to the content ID system so that things are getting auto flagged if they feature their trailer. Yeah. Now, I can understand if someone had just completely re-uploaded a copy of that trailer without permission. Sure, they shouldn't be doing that because Bandai Namco, as much as advertising their game, they probably want to make a little bit of ad revenue from the actual pe people watching the trailer as yep. well. Fair enough. Um, but we took a snippet of that trailer. We removed all the sound from that trailer. Mm -hmm. We then talked it up and said, hey, here's a semi-indie game. I mean, not quite indie, but, you know, here's a, here's a low-key game. Uh, the first one was good. We're excited. It's going to be, you know... Let's see how it goes. 
Uh, and automatically, there was a problem with it. Um, yeah. And really, a lot of this falls down on... on I think this is, this is a, a YouTube problem as much as anything else. Absolutely. And... Getty. I, Getty. And I don't know uh, what YouTube does and doesn't allow people to sort of select on content ID for like people can do this but can't do this. Mm -hmm. And essentially all they need to do there is add a system because they have the technology very much so. Add a system where it's like if there's no sound, it's probably fine. Um, if it's a small part of a much larger video, it's mm -hmm. fine. If it doesn't use the full trailer, it only uses, say, like you say, 30 seconds of it, it should be fine. You know, if there were some little check boxes that Bandai Namco could tick, then they could have ticked those and we wouldn't have had any problem. Because I'm sure if a human being from Bandai Namco saw what, how we had used that footage, they wouldn't have cared at all. They'd have been pleased that we were giving them a bit of their time. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Getty. It, it is a YouTube problem mm. in that smaller creators like us just can't really cover video games sometimes because it's 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 literally impossible. Yeah. We just get uh, copyright struck. We can't make any money from that video. So we, we have to be really careful. And, and we do try our best, but it's so frustrating. And we've had a lot of people... Who, who very helpfully have, have said, well, why don't you, you know, why don't you appeal it? Can you appeal it? Yeah. It's like, well, the claiming system is so in favor. It's so heavily weighted towards the claimant yeah. that there is no point fighting it unless you are willing to go to court or send tons of emails or do a lot of chasing to say this is uh, what's, I can't even think of the, the correct terminology for it now. Like sort of fair use. Fair use, exactly, because we're discussing it and reviewing it and that kind of thing. It's like we're totally well within our rights to use it in that context. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, the way the system is, it's just on, at, its, at its very foundation, the claim system is when, if you want to dispute, you basically have to say, no, that is my footage. Which isn't Pretty how it much. should work. Or I have written permission to use this footage. It's it's not how that should work. Yeah. Because if we were to try and claim it, we would have to say that that trailer footage is ours, which it isn't. Mm. The problem is that we should be allowed to just use it anyway yeah. as part of a larger video. But the only way we can dispute it is by claiming that that footage is not ours, which obviously it is not. Yeah. So the whole system's just screwed because it it's for everything rather than specific examples. There's no sort of... Uh, I can't I'm struggling to put it into words but mm. like there's no there's no specifics for making claims like yeah. it's just a massive broad stroke for every kind of content match whether it's a film whether it's music whether it's an image everything so the only option that you have is to claim that it, it is in fact your content mm. which a lot of the time it isn't there's no uh there's there's no subtleties to it at all there's no there's no way you can appeal it really it's just, it's screwed up. If you it's fail rubbish. the appeal system as well, you are likely to get an actual copyright strike against your channel. Yeah. One strike, I think, doesn't generally affect any of your rights. Two strikes, I think you can have, like, the ability to monetize removed or, like, certain certain privileges taken taken down. Mm -hmm. Three strikes, your channel is permanently deleted forever. Yeah. Uh, irretrievably, I think. Or maybe not. I don't think, I think they can get it back because in, in the past there have been a certain... You know, there have been some cases where they've had to recover channels. But still, um, the, uh, the other problem is as well, um, fair use, I believe, is specifically a legal term from like North America, like mm. USA, maybe also Canada. Um, I don't think British uh, 
you know legislation is like uses the term fair use we might have our equivalent of that mm. but it's it's also i always feel it's like a bit dodgy um trying to claim that like this is fair use in the legal sense uh when you're a british creator mm. using american content to, given to a worldwide audience you know like where yeah. whose jurisdiction is it and it's just really tricky so it's it's the system's all messed up i'm not saying that um copyright holders shouldn't be able to protect their copyright but i feel like yeah, there, yeah, should, no. there should be nuance to it there should be you know it's not you can't paint everybody with the same brush you can't no. tire everyone with the same brush it's it's like there, there are special cases you know not everyone is trying to rip you off we were trying to promote you mm. and and now you know we don't make any money from that video now this should, it's messed up there should be a, a thing that basically if if the content id system knows that it's not just a hundred percent re-upload it's you know there's something different about it mm -hmm. it should then go to a human for review before the uh you know, the the flag for copyright is is placed, not after. Mm -hmm. You know, we get flag for copyright and we can send it to a human for review, but then, you know, you have issues there. Yeah. But also, the, the biggest problem is that, as a general rule on YouTube, you make the most ad revenue from an upload in the first 24 to 48 hours. Yep. And even if we ask for, to have something reviewed, you know, if it takes 48 hours before they go, oh, yeah, no, sorry, our mistake. Sorry, that's on us. You can have your ad revenue... Uh, privileges back on this video mm. you don't get any of that money you, that missed, you missed the window that's gone now yeah. um and then you know you've had most of your views on that video yeah and that's that yeah it's uh the system's broken it doesn't work properly and it's especially now that they they recently changed the monetization thing where you have to have a certain amount of subscribers and get a certain amount of views per week in yeah. order to even be monetized in the first place the system is harsher than it ever was mm -hmm. Now that you've you've actually gated monetization, there should be more review processes in place, but there aren't. And it just messes people around. And it's so annoying. And that's why it's so weird and funny for Ubisoft to actually catch themselves out yeah. by copyright claiming their own stuff on something that they agree to do. Just ridiculous. But they got it cleared up because of course they could because they've yeah. got a direct line to YouTube, exactly. I'm assuming. We don't. No. Well, we, we can't. We've just got to use the system like everyone else. And the system's crap. Yeah. So that was weird news. Oh, Getty. Um, Stephen Scodes has asked us a question here. Mm -hmm. Stephen asks, or says, hello, Ben and Peter. Hello. Then he asks a question. After watching the Gamescom stream last night and thinking about E3 earlier this year, my question is, when games are revealed, has the focus of the presentation changed from gameplay to cinematic trailers? Seems like some fans care more about the trailers than the actual gameplay itself. Thanks for all the brilliant work and fun. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Um, I would say that the cinematic trailers have been around for a long, long time mm -hmm. now. Uh, I get that it can be frustrating sometimes, but what they really want is sort of like a, a market share of the the popular gaming culture uh, sort of attention, if you if you know what I mean. Right. Like they want people to be aware that they exist. It's it's meant to drive hype and excitement and. If, if it's an announcement trailer, I can understand fully why they just want to show either a cutscene or something bespoke and CG that may not even reflect the final game, just to the get attention and, the... and and you know they they want people to 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 know that it's happening and for people to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then gameplay usually follows afterwards. And if it doesn't, then that's a red flag. Yeah. But they've been doing this for a long time now. 
mm-hmm. you know, like at least at least 20 years or maybe even as long as games have been around. You know, oh, they've, yeah. they've not always just featured gameplay in the in the trailers, unfortunately, for better or worse. Mm. Um, I I don't know if I've noticed a change necessarily in the ratio of uh, CG to gameplay. May, maybe it's it seems slightly more CG trailer heavy now, possibly, but mm-hmm. you still see plenty of gameplay. Again, it seems to be a bit more that CG uh, is is a an announcement thing. There's more of a, a CG focus on announcements, and yeah. then over time, you know, they start re- uh, revealing gameplay. I think one interesting example, and I'm sure this isn't the only game that did it, but to uh, to talk about a game that I don't ever shut up about, Beyond Good Evil 2. Right. Uh, in the first CG trailer they did of that, um, although it was 100% CG, features characters you're not even going to be able to play as, um, pretty much everything that took place in that trailer, they said was based on gameplay mechanics that were planned and were supposed to be indicative of that. So the guy used a sort of grappling hook glove thing to escape, and that's what you're supposed to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they sort of hijacked a vehicle. Um, uh, There were various things. They had jetpacks. And then in the second trailer, they did a bit where they were in space and the pilot got out of the fighter that she was in and this like sort of skin suddenly grew over her so that she can exist in outer space without dying. Mm-hmm. And again, they say that's they did that because it's meant to be indicative of what's going to happen in the game. Right. So some CG trailers do stuff. They they show stuff off that you're never going to be able to do in this game. Yeah. It's, you know, it's ludicrous. Um, and so I think it's it's worth, if nothing else, in your CG trailers maybe trying to depict things that are going to be in the game at some point yeah i think there's something to be said for that i agree um a lot of these uh first party games they tend to have they tend to just show off cutscenes from the yeah. game spider-man did it last mm. of us has done it you know all that kind of stuff and that's great if they can do that but like kerbal space program too mm-hmm. you know that it's it's okay to have an extravagant trailer that gets eyes on it, yeah. you know, makes people sit up and pay attention and, and gets it into the, the public gaming consciousness mm-hmm. in a way. And that way they've got that market share and that people know that it exists. Yeah. You know, big bang right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And then they can, people who are interested will will then be paying attention. Yeah. Whereas if they're like, hello, here's Kerbal Spray's program to his half an hour of gameplay. Some people might be excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, it worked for cyberpunk, yeah. uh, but it's not going to work for everyone. Sometimes with these, especially with these perhaps more methodical tactical sciencey pc games mm. you can't lead with a load of gameplay you have to get people's attention and then you have to rely on word of mouth and and people talking about how much fun it is to to get across yeah i think you're stuff. right that you know particularly if you're announcing a game or revealing a game uh, if you have a cg trailer then it kind of appeals to both fans of that series a franchise mm. uh, and also people who maybe have no idea what, what it is whereas yeah. if you suddenly just release you know so something like kingdom hearts 3 you know mm. if 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 you'd never played a kingdom hearts game before you might think why is this weird ui that you have to like navigate while you're fighting yeah and stuff? like what is this it's very brightly colored and it's a bit final fantasy and maybe i don't like final fantasy games whereas if you reveal a cg trailer where it's like oh that's Donald Duck there. It's Donald Duck and Sephiroth. What's going on here? What? You know, I mean, I don't know how you've got this far and not heard about Kingdom Hearts in some way, but that's just an example. You yeah, know. of course. It it is. It kind of grabs pe- It grabs a wide. It, it casts the net wider. I think it's more yeah. appealing to people who Absolutely. don't know what this thing is. But I do. I do understand where you're coming from. I can't imagine, presumably, how frustrated uh, Gears of War fans are because I feel like 
for the last two years, mm. all I've seen. I know there's gameplay out there, but all I've seen is a load of just CG trailers that aren't even in-game cutscenes from Gears of War 5. That seems to be a bit of a Microsoft thing. I think Halo tends to yeah, that's true, do actually. loads of CG. We've had a couple of Halos, haven't we? Yeah, until, I mean, with previous games as well, they're, they're very CG heavy as a general rule until the last minute. Um, or even then, I don't, I don't know if I can ever think of seeing a Halo gameplay trailer. I'm sure there have been. I'm not saying mm. they don't exist, but certainly there's no memorable ones. There's no moments that I remember from previous conferences going, oh, wow, that gameplay looks great. It's just always <laughs> Chief walking around some moor or something. Right. Um, Posing. Yeah, exactly. Just just smouldering up a storm up in there. Mm. So, th- yeah, there's absolutely something to be said for showing off gameplay. But, yeah, yeah. I think with a reveal, you do just sort of... You want to hit it. Hit yeah. it strong, as hard as you can. Mm. Peter, yeah, it's time for a what's that coming over the hill? It's not, it's not actually a monster this time. It's, but it's a monstrous. It's a monstrous dis- It's discussion. a big discussion. Big discussion time. Mm-hmm. This comes from Imperian Seven. Imperian Anvil. Imperian em, em, Empire, Empire Anvil. Anvil. Yeah. Imper- yeah. Hi boys, sneaking in a cheeky question before I go on my hashtag Holly Bobs. Oh. With the recent Death Stranding conference being quite divisive due to how weird and pishroomy it was, I was wondering if you thought dev- you thought devs should be allowed free reign and to take risks, or if a higher power should keep their work tight and focused. I personally think Kojima is a breath of fresh air in an era where things are pushed out, often unfinished, at an alarming rate with little attention paid to quality. Very quickly before we continue, that's a hilarious thing to say about Kojima. Did you see MGS5? Yeah, what? Obviously, different doesn't automatically equate to good, but even if Death Stranding turns out to be bobbins, at least it'll be a unique experience. That's something that I think is sadly lacking these days. Reese Jones equally asks, at this stage I'm starting to think Death Stranding is one big wind-up. Kojima has fooled his audience before with MGS2. Do you think he can pull it off again? <laughs> also, Stephen Norris, Mark Hopkins, and Jessica James all wading in with similar thoughts. Death Stranding is running wild on Gamescom. I mean... Is he a lunatic, Peter? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. I think... People who are genuinely really excited for this game are also lunatics. (laughs) I won't go as far as to say no one has any right to be sort of intrigued. No one should be above cautiously optimistic or bewildered. Yeah. Intrigue is the right word, though. Mm -hmm. Intrigue. I mean, I think we're almost a little bit intrigued. I want to know what's going on. Morbidly curious. I like Metal Gear Solid. Right. I played MGS5 all the way through to the end, even though it did not deserve to be played all the way through to the end. But no sane person can look at this game and think, I have enough information now to think... I am really excited for this game specifically. You might think I'm really excited for this game specifically because it's being made by Hideo Kojima. Mm -hmm. But again, I kind of think like, in a way, I think no matter the credentials or the history of an artist of any kind, I think they should always be, you know, scrutinized. I don't think it's okay to just go, well, you know, he always does great stuff. So what? Mm. I don't care if this looks really weird and like it, almost like he's just making it up on the spot and then trying to connect the dots after the fact. Right. You know, I think it's not enough. It, it shouldn't be enough, in my humble opinion, that you go, oh, well... It's a Kojima game, so I'm really, really excited for it. I don't right. care what it is. I think it's okay to say it's a Kojima game, so I'm really, really morbidly curious about what the hell he's doing or this I trust time. That, that it will be yeah, good. Yeah, like, it's just... Have you ever... I know I used to, when I was at school and I wasn't studying or paying attention at all, mm. I used to, in the corner of my, of, of my book, I used to, like, just do a really rapid scribble. And then I would, like, try and find... 
like yeah. a picture in it. So I would like shade bits or like add little bits on or like give it eyes mm-hmm. and it would just be some like abstract Picasso shaped dinosaur or something like that. Yeah. That is how Kojima seems to be making this game. Yeah. The fact that we are. It's the 8th of November. It's coming out on the 8th of November. We don't know what it is. And he has said, to be fair, mm-hmm. as we said at the beginning of the show, it's Thursday morning. He has said that there is a trailer being shown at the PlayStation booth at Gamescom that explains more about the protagonist, Sam, and what he's actually doing. It won't, But though. we are, we are, how many months out? It'll just Two? say, oh, by the way, he's got a giraffe inside his arm. It just lives in there. A tiny little giraffe lives in his arm. That's a little bit more about the protagonist, Sam. And by the way, his mum was an octopus. But only on Tuesdays. We are two and a half months out from this game. Yeah. And we know more about cyberpunk and how that works. And we've seen one trailer mm. and um, and we know Keanu Reeves is in it. And we've seen uh, probably not representative ga- a, a gameplay demo yeah. from uh, from a year ago. We know more about that game than we do about this one. And the gameplay we have seen of Death Stranding... Looks pretty bollocks, I think. Yeah, well, literally bollocks because everyone knows that that's where the piss is stored. Yeah. And he did he a piss. There's a piss mechanic the right out of his balls. Pissed yeah. right out of his balls. A mushroom grew. It's some kind of offensive weapon, apparently. And also some kind of key, like Jar Jar Binks, Getty. Yeah. Some kind of key to all this. And it just, it doesn't make sense. I heard, as soon as I heard that this game was being made and that, you know, before he even announced what it was called, when Kojima agreed to come and work with PlayStation on mm-hmm. this, The first thing I said was, we will not see this game until 2023 because at least, at least at Konami, he had someone telling him, no, Hideo, no, it needs to be out. Hideo, please stop adding features. Hideo, why why did you make the horse... Why is there a horse poo button? Stop scribbling in the corner of your notebook, Hideo. Hideo, stop drawing abstract Picasso dinosaurs and add an ending to MGS5, please. It's already been delayed 20 times. He has nobody holding the reins this time. Mm. For the first time, perhaps, in his entire career, nobody is holding him back. And that is both beautifully wonderful and also horrifyingly frightening. Yeah. Because the fact that this game is coming out in two and a half months shocks me. And I would not be surprised at all if it gets a delay between now and then. I would not be shocked if it gets pushed to next year or even further beyond. Because it looks like all the cutscene stuff has been shot. Mm. And now they're just trying to work out how the game's going to work in between those areas. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to see how it turns out, but it's like looking away from a car crash at this point, even if it turns out being a car crash that's actually beautiful. A beautiful a car A beautiful crash. car crash with one, many wonderful moments that come out of it. At the moment, I've got no clue what's happening. And nobody can pretend that they do. No. And I doubt Kojima can either. I think graphically it looks pretty good you know the gameplay that we've seen but the cutscenes are astonishingly good looking mm-hmm. but the, the yeah the just the gameplay it's just i mean it's just green fields isn't well, it well that's the thing so like graph you know in terms of lighting and shading looks good but it's just i mean i described it, i can't remember if, it, if we were on camera at any point or if i was just saying it off off the air but it kind of reminds me of just you know how in Doctor Who they just film everything in like yeah no that was on the Wales. it was either on our live stream reactions or it was on our what happened at Gamescom opening night live 2019 please go and watch it yeah uh, it's just they've gone to one of the quarries in Wales yeah. that they filmed Doctor Who at and pretended it's an alien landscape it's not it's just a quarry and that's all we've seen we've, we've just seen, seen that green boulder strewn moorland it's the second reference to moorland I've made in this podcast <laughs> somehow um, but 
yeah, and and it does feel like it's like some sort of family party board game where you get given three cards. Mm. One of them's got a car on it. One of them's got like a, a hose pipe on it. And one of them's got a cupcake on it. And you have to just make a story. Right. I feel like that's what he's done. He's made some cutscenes with Del Toro and, uh, you know, the guy who designed the Death Star in uh, in in Rogue One is in it, I think. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and now he's like, oh, Got all these cutscenes. There's a bit where we breastfeed a baby. Oh, I, I just got Mass Mass Meagles in. <laughs> a go- Ma- yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got a ghost baby that's drinking ghost milk without any contact. Somehow. Also, a famous actor that one. Yeah, Danny Harmon off Tracy Beaker as the baby who who phantom feeds. Oh my God, no, please no. Um, and we'll we'll connect the dots somehow in the next two months mm. or two years maybe. Yeah, if we do a delay. It's it's bonkers, and and we here at Triple Jump never obviously root for something to be bad, and we don't want this no. to be bad. I really want it to be good. Can you imagine how amazing it would be to have a game that is based on such a an an almost incomprehensible premise that ended up making total sense mm. and was also brilliant to play? Yeah, that would be like uh, that would just be a new benchmark for the industry and if it was a unique genre as well he's he's pushing this strand genre Mm. like it's an actual thing i don't don't try and make the things a thing like don't because it never works that way i feel like in many ways he is almost the victim of his own success because Mm. he's done so many amazing things and so many groundbreaking video game moments have come from him yeah that when people actively describe him as a genius to his face and he's not like, oh, no, no, don't do not do that. I feel like there's a very human part of a lot of us who are like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Even though I know what he's done, calling him a genius to his face and going, oh, well, thank you. Like, no, you don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. Prove it. Prove it. MGS5 was not all it was cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. You're 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 one foot down at the moment. Konami, rightfully or wrongly, got a lot of slack for that. Uh, what happened with MGS Five? But Kojima was was implicated at every level in that. I can't imagine how difficult it is to work with Hideo Kojima. I can't imagine how difficult it is to keep a leash on him, mm-hmm. to keep him working to a deadline, to keep him focusing on the important things. And when you've got an unhappy person that is okay with being called uh, a genius, they're going to go off the deep end in, in, in a weird way. And that might be walking out or not finishing one of the most anticipated games of the entire decade at mm-hmm. that point. And so just be careful with your hopes around this guy. Yeah. Don't get so excited and don't give him the benefit of every doubt because while I want this to be good... There's every chance that it could be bewildering nonsense that you convince yourself is good, yeah. Because you feel like you're so invested that it has to be good. There will be there will be a contingent of big Kojima fans who play this game. And <laughs> Down if, with big Kojima! And even if it is bewildering nonsense, what they will say is they'll sit on their very high horse that you can make poo by pressing a button, and they will say, "Oh well, uh, you just not really, you just don't get it. You know, you just not." Actually, it's all very well explained if you uh, if you find all of the notes and uh, not just the notes, but the the, the cyber the, pebbles. It's in the grimoire cards, as Bungie had it. The right. stories actually the stories in the grim, grimoire cards. If you read those in the companion app, exactly. Just get out of here, Activision. Uh, what are you doing? But yeah, also I have to agree that 
it must be very difficult to have Hideo Kojima working for you. Can your you company. imagine working under him? And I am not. I don't revel in the fact that the guy was let go. I don't. I'm not pleased no. when anyone, anyone is essentially fired from their job. But mm. I am. There were reasons. Increasingly less surprised that he was <laughs> essentially sacked from Konami. Yeah. Uh, the the longer this goes on, I've always known that he's a pretty crazy guy. But uh, God. Just, I, I can see why they might have wanted to just sort of say, "Look, we've had a great time, but see you later." Hideo. He's he's not a genius. No. He's a very talented and very naughty boy. And he's got a good repertoire. But he's done great stuff. But he was surrounded by great people. I'm sure he's surrounded by great people again. We will see what happens in the next couple of months. But as it stands, Kojima is strange. Uh, Death Stranding is strange. We don't know what it is. Try not to get too excited. Temper those expectations. And you've got to, those of you who are blindly excited, have got to be able to appreciate where people are coming from here mm-hmm. when they're saying what is going on. And uh, in, specifically in answer to the first question we had uh, from Empyrean7, no, devs should not be allowed free reign to take risks. No. Uh, not total free reign. No. That's why there are checks and balances within a game development team. That's why there are producers and directors on, on almost every level of development. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a chain of command and there need there, there need to be there needs to be accountability. Yeah. In my very, very brief period working in, in games development, there were daily meetings mm-hmm. about for each department about what they were working on that day. Yeah. And then there were daily meetings for the heads of those daily meetings. So yeah. everybody was on the same page all the time about what everyone was doing. Clearly, that is, that it, that's got to be happening here because the game yeah. would not have taken shape as it has done. But I feel like Kojima ha- probably has almost undue... Uh, f- free reign to yeah. do whatever he wants. No, there's no harm in giving a bit more free reign than you normally would to uh, a talented person. I think that should happen a bit more. Mm. I think like these things at the moment are too. There's too much of a checklist saying, "Well, that's good for merch. That's good for you know yeah. making that group of people happy in society." Can we monetize this? Exactly. You know, that's that's all too much. And sometimes you should just say, "Here's a creative person. Let's let them you know just like spitball some ideas." But yeah, you need to you need to temper it. It reminds me of um, how uh, Robin Williams did a lot of improvising uh, his lines for the genie in mm, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure he probably on occasion came up with some like really offensive stuff or like right. you know, stuff that was close to the bone. Same with um, Jim, Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura. Apparently, was pretty much told. Here's a loose script, right? But say whatever you add, add in whatever you like, just or while we're shooting. Heath Ledger. In, in the Dark Knight. Absolutely. Um, but you don't just go, I'm going to let that person do whatever they want. I'm the director. I'm going to shut my eyes and plug my ears, not look at this take, and then <laughs> uh, we'll shove it in the edit, and then... It'll work. Oh, we're at the premiere. Just animate it. Oh. Just animate it. Look, also, what's happened? not to belittle actors, because they're they're incredibly talented people. All of those people that have been mentioned are, are, are very, just unbelievably talented people. Mm. But this is... Video games are very different from just like an acting. Mm. I, I say just, you, you know what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't want to belittle it, but like uh, making a multimedia product like a video game takes so much so to put strands, together. Yeah. Exactly, strands. strands There's strand, loads yeah. of strands if you want to get the serious strand about genre. This. So Kojima actively being able to manipulate everything yeah. is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it gets on. Please let us know, of course, what you think of Kojima and Death Stranding. Do you think his his brilliance lies in his insanity? 
Do you think he is an actual genius? Do you think this game's a load of cods wallop? Do you think it looks like it's going to be the best game ever and you're genuinely really excited and think it looks good? If so, hello? How many, are you okay? How many ladders are you going to erect? Let, yeah. us, let us know in the comments below. Or if it's going to turn out to be bobbins. Mm, bobbins. Please, please let us know what you make of Gamescom and everything that we've discussed this week in the comments below. Mm. Peter, yeah. where can people find us? You can find us on social media almost anywhere that's worth going. Team Triple Jump, YouTube and Twitch, Team Triple Jump. Twitter and Facebook, Team Triple Jump. We have a Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Uh, there's all kinds of rewards there. One of them is access to an exclusive room for patrons in our Discord, which is bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. Uh, the audio version of this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, is at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. Uh, and the website is triple jump.mup. Uh, we've got a store there and a careers page. And New stuff. merch coming soon. Yeah. Very soon. You merch coming soon. We shot a video for it, so that'll be uh, more news on that as and when. Mm. Maybe in the next week or so. Yeah, I think just next you, week. Just yeah. you wait and see. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do at that beta. beta. Mm. You okay to be beta Austin this week? Alpha Austin. At that Alpha Austin and at uh, Ben No, at, at confused underscore dude. God, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong part. Instagram at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. Monday and Tuesday being on Twitch. Thursday being on YouTube worst games ever it's fortnightly this week is a worst games ever week it went out yesterday for patrons of a certain tier mm -hmm. and tomorrow for everybody else on sunday and the podcast goes out every saturday please leave us an itunes review or a review slash rating on your platform of choice something about algorithms uh, we have got an upcoming uh, video recapping the most important things announced at gamescom or showing off at gamescom that'll be with you early next week yeah so if you want a nice roundup you can watch that if you want a roundup of gamescom opening night live you can go back and watch our either our live reactions or watch our what happened at video even though we won't make any money from it which is a real mm -hmm. real bummer um what else uh we did a sleepover stream we did after after Gamescom opening night live, where we we read some children's stories and we chatted with you guys, Peter and I had a head to head. Yeah. Uh, the loser of which would have to um, would have to change their name for one live stream. Yeah. Which has now happened. Yeah. Uh, the name was suggested by very kind donators of a certain mm -hmm. amount. And what was the name that was eventually eventually chosen, Peter? Ceaseless discharge. So look out next week. I think probably Monday. For Ceaseless Discharge's debut stream on Triple Jump. For the VOD, you mean? Yes, for the VOD. Uh, mon yeah. yeah. I Thurs think it's Monday. Thursday yeah. streams go out on Monday. Mm -hmm. So for one night only, Ceaseless Discharge streamed this week. And yeah. the VOD will be out on Monday for everybody to watch. I think, I think that's everything. Yeah. I think we've done it all. Mm -hmm. um, just got time to thank today's sponsor again, Jeff Keighley. Mm. Jeff Keighley, uh, Jeff Keighley writes, Kojima-san. Mm. I'm tired. My body aches for your embrace. Oh. That weekend we spent, you know, the one at the beach, the beach time that we had together, Getty, the beach time that we had together, where we walked along the sand and looked into each other's eyes as we talked about how horrible Konami are. And there were loads of dead whales and there ink were everywhere. Dead whales were everywhere. You remember when I slipped on the whale 
blood from mm-hmm. one of the one of the stranded whales that exploded because apparently that's the thing that they do when they stay on the beach for too long. And you laughed. And we rolled around in the whale gizzards and, and you said, hang on, I've got an idea. But you didn't say that. You said it in Japanese and there was a translator who awkwardly followed about 10 feet behind mm-hmm. and was really should should have been paid way more. Uh, and And you ran off. And I remember feeling sad that you ran away. Oh. But I understand now. You're a genius, and your genius has to be respected. This is Jeff Keeley, your best friend and life partner, signing off. I love you, Kojima-san. And actual editor of that small VT that they ran before. Yeah. We forgot to mention that. I think I did. I think I mentioned oh, it in passing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's worth mentioning again, though, because it's amazing. Right. That's all. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. And all listening. All listening. All listening. We'll be back uh, same time next week with another Triple Jump podcast. Until then, look after yourselves and have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. Bye. 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 Do you want to harmonize? Bye. That was fun. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.